You're tuned into The Lowdown right here on 91.5 The Rebel HD2. My guest in studio today is my first author on this show, Zani Tanil. You've officially stepped into The Lowdown. Hi, thank you for having me. This is exciting. I know. I'm, ex- <laughs> I'm nervous, but I'm excited. Tell me about how you begin writing. You know, I'm a journalism major. I write all the time, but to be an author, it's two different types of writing. I don't think I ever started. There was not like a definite starting point. It's just I've always written. Mm -hmm. I always tell people, as cliche as it sounds, I write because I exist. Like there's no separation for me. I have to do it because it's my therapy and it helps prevent my mental breakdowns. So there's never a time where I'm not writing, Mm -hmm. but turning it into actual published work, into a collection, a book, I probably started about two, two, three years ago. You've had experience in Las Vegas writing for a couple of publications. Why don't you share which ones you've written for and some of the memorable moments that you've had? I started about two years ago now uh, with my dearest friend, Jalon Kendrick. We started this thing called Uncommon. So it started as this party event. Uh, We turned it into a digital magazine and we started highlighting local creatives around Vegas. Did a bunch of interviews, about 10 of us, and did videos, interviews. It was amazing. Uh, We got some really great people in there, like Pat McCaw from uh, The Warriors, got John Boogs, who's this amazing dancer, choreographed the Michael Jackson One Show. And we were just meeting so many great people Mm -hmm. and writing so many cool stories. And then I started writing for Seven, Vegas 7 RIP, which was an amazing experience. That team over there, Melinda, Justin, they gave me so many opportunities that I'm incredibly thankful for. My first cover story, which was an interview with Zed, which I will never forget, I got at Vegas 7. So I am, I loved it. I really miss it, RIP. I was on Instagram a couple days ago, and I had scrolled all the way to the bottom on your page, and I saw this story about Kehlani that I remember that she tweeted, and I didn't know you at the time, but I was like, oh, God, that's so cool. Like, she's from here, and now, you know, everything is full circle. Yes, I have to, okay, can I tell you the story behind that Kehlani tweet? So we launched Uncommon uh, during Life is Beautiful weekend 2016. So that weekend, it probably looked so glamorous on Instagram and and Twitter. Like we were backstage, we were in like all the artist areas, VIP. It looked good, but we were going crazy that whole weekend. Like our site kept crashing. We had no idea what we were doing. We were in Seven's office like 24-7. Everyone was either shooting back shots of Jack or like just going, gulping down coffee, trying to get stuff done. And I had written this piece on Kehlani. It was like a review on her performance. And I wrote it and I put like my heart and my soul into it. And I was like, okay, I'm so proud of this. And it ended up getting deleted. What? Yes. It got completely, I don't, to this day, I don't know what happened to it. And at that point, we, none of us had slept. We were all so tired, so just defeated. And I remember talking to Jalon and I told him, I said, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rewrite it. Like, we'll just, for, we would just won't even do the Kehlani piece. And Jalon was like, no, I think you should rewrite it. He's like, just do it. And I was like, oh God, okay. So I really just kind of wrote, I didn't put as much effort mm-hmm. um, into it the second time around. Cause I was like, oh God, I did so well the first time. It's not going to be as good, so let me just write. And uh, 
I did it, posted it, and uh, I went out to dinner that night with my cousin who was in town. And my phone rings at dinner, and Jalan's like, Kaylani just retweeted your story. And I was like, no, absolutely not. I was like, this is not, it's, no, I love Kaylani. That's my girl. Like, yes. that's my, I love her so much. And he was like, yes, Kaylani. She said it's one of the best things she's ever read about herself. And I just started, like, me and my cousin took shots of Patron at dinner. I was like, this is amazing. Like, it, it was what I needed. Because at the time, I was just so doubtful of myself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, God, I'm, I'm failing. Like, I'm not that great. Like, I'm not that good of a writer. Oh, this is horrible. And then just when I thought, like, this isn't going to work, like, I got that, that validation. And I was like... Oh yes, time to go. You couldn't tell me anything. I was like, what? Kaylani liked my stuff? Nah, it's, it's a wrap. Like, I'm bad and bougie out here. Y'all can't tell me anything. You mentioned your first ever cover with Vegas 7 was Zed. How was that experience? Okay, so when I first started at 7, I was very, very shy, not as, not as sure of myself, not as confident as who I was as a writer. Um, I think the team there, they really believed in me and they saw things in me that I didn't even see in myself yet. So they trusted me with opportunities that I didn't even think I was ready for. And so I told myself, you know what, I'm just gonna say yes to everything. I won't say no, anything that comes my way, I'm gonna say yes right away, figure it out later. So one day I get an email from Melinda and she says, do you wanna interview Zed? And my first thought is absolutely not. No, I'm not doing it. I, I was like, I'm not, I'm not ready. I can't, what am I even gonna ask him? I can't do this, like, absolutely not. And I just emailed back, I was like, yes. Cause I told myself I would, I said, you know yeah. what? All it takes is, what's that saying? 20 seconds of insane courage and I promise something good will come of it. So I said yes, figured it out, blah, blah, blah. So I ended up interviewing him and it was a phone interview. So cool, I'm in my apartment. I'm like sweating about the call Zed. I'm like, oh my God, I got my questions in front of me. And just like, oh God, I call my mom before I call him. And I'm like, I'm so nervous. Like, and she's like, you're gonna do good, blah, blah, blah. So I call on the phone with Zed, interviewing Zed. It's going great. I'm like slowly getting my confidence. And then my mom calls me in the middle of the interview. And I'm just freaking out because I'm trying to figure out, he's in the middle of talking and I'm trying to figure out how to get my mom off the phone. And I end up hanging up in Zed's face. (gasps) Yes. (laughs) And I'm literally, I'm just in my apartment, just like, you just hung up on set. Oh my God. I, and I'm freaking out. I'm like, what do I do? Oh my God. This is so unprofessional. And I call back as fast as I can. And I'm just like almost crying. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. And he was just, he and his publicist, they were so chill, so cool about it. And finished the interview and sent it off the next day. And a couple days later, it was the cover story for Vegas 7. And that was my first ever cover. And all because I said yes. All because somebody believed in me and I said yes and I believed in myself. And it happened. I still have it. I have it framed in my house. Oh. Yeah. Do you feel like print is dying? Absolutely not. I, I and I hate that's the that's the what is it rumor or well I mean it's been around yeah around. it's been around for as long as I've been in school so almost four years now. When I was a teenager, I remember collecting Seventeen magazines <laughs> every month. I would be so excited to go out and get a, a print, a physical magazine, and then you know gradually as I started getting older, I'm seeing you know Seventeen is more online yeah. and. Now, Teen Vogue doesn't even publish their stuff as a print form anymore. You have the Las Vegas Sun. They're all online. Seven was physical. It went all online. 
and now Review Journal. They suddenly just started doing their, you know, pay for subscription. subscription. So you have to wonder, like, is Review Journal next? You have to wonder if Review Journal is thinking about maybe phasing out their print edition and going all online. You know, Las Vegas Weekly, they do stuff online. You wonder, will they be phased out sooner or later? With that in mind, you still don't think it's maybe dwindling down? Maybe not all the way dead, but at least, like, on its last leg. Or even, do you think it's a Vegas thing? Maybe it's a Vegas... I know, because I think you're seeing print, like, publications kind of, like, move to online everywhere. Mm -hmm. But I think it goes back to what I was saying, that the people who still want to read print are still there mm-hmm. and they're still buying magazines i still buy magazines yeah um it's just i think few and far between i think really yeah i don't know because i mean i think and it's the content too it depends on what type of content you're producing you're producing yeah. because i look at at magazines that have stood the test of time like vogue and i think vogue just publishes such rich content such rich cultural content of course online they have their you know entertainment celebrity fast-paced news but their actual magazine they're still doing great editorials and magazines that don't do that that just focus on maybe fast consumerism product uh quick turnaround times beauty magazines i look at glamour allure it's easier to do it online because it's Mm -hmm. faster but there are still there are still publications that focus on great editorial work uh Porter Magazine, Netta Porter's Magazine. I love that magazine. Great content. I hope they never go away. But but I think they're still there. And they're still reaching the people that want that content. If that makes sense. It does. I hope print doesn't die. I love print. I love editorials. I love magazines. I just love opening it up and just seeing all the glossy spreads. But I understand, too, that print is expensive. And especially if you're doing, take, for instance, in Vegas, weeklies that are free, it, it adds up. Your novel is entitled Flowers from Smoke. How did you come up with the title? It happened very organically. God, as brokenhearted as this sound, I was literally on my couch in my living room crying over a boy that I loved that did not love me back at the time. And it just came out. This idea of flowers and smoke, I just kind of toyed around with it. And uh, I wrote Flowers and Smoke, which later turned into Flowers from Smoke. Uh, a collection of poetry. What inspired you to put conversations in the book? I think there's some there's some moments in life that you just can't improve with writing. Like mm-hmm. you can't you can't add anything to them, you can't alter them, you can't change them. There's some moments that either when they happen or right after they happen, you're like this is a moment I'm not going to forget. Yeah. And so those moments I capture right away and I write them down and I I try not to change anything. Sometimes I'll add in what I wish I would have said. Mm-hmm. But most of the times I'll keep it true to story. And I'm like, I just want to remember this moment. I want it down so I never forget this exact moment. You know, while you were talking, I thought of how people write down their dreams. Do you do that? Like my actual, like when I go to yeah, sleep like dream? Yeah, when you wake up and you've had a dream. Hmm. I don't know what that means. I don't know either. But I, I like that though because my head is always, it's literally 100,000 thoughts a minute. Mm -hmm. that I'm glad I don't dream because it's just time to turn it off. It's so interesting to think about, you know, when you are dreaming and you wake up and how much you remember versus, you know, two or three hours after you wake up and you don't remember anything. Exactly. Sometimes when I, the very few times that I do dream, I'll call my best friend, Najola, right away and I tell her everything and I'm like, what does this mean? I 
have to di- we have to dissect it. And I'm like, what does this mean? Is this good? Is this an omen? Is mm-hmm. this bad? I have no idea. I'm I'm that crazy dream analyzer. Uh, what is the universe telling me? What's my horoscope today? Well, I think Mercury is in Gatorade again, so <laughs> that has a lot to do with it. Actually, it's out of retrograde, which oh, okay. is good for me because Mercury is my ruling planet, which means my all of my craziness <laughs> is over. So everything's good right now. Do you have any plans for a second book? And where do you plan on focusing next in terms of your writing and publishing material? Yes, definitely second book. The first book, honestly, I didn't even expect that to be my first book. Mm-hmm. It it happened so organically. It just I just started writing and then the story was done and I just thought, you know what, I should publish this. Why not? I didn't plan to put a lot of focus into marketing it or I didn't I didn't have any expectations other than this was my story that I needed to tell. I needed to get it out. Why not make it a book? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. So I did it, and then after I published it, I didn't really... I had a bit of writer's block. I didn't really have anything to say, and sometimes I don't I don't force myself if it's not there. I know some people with writer's block, they'll say, keep writing, write ugly until it, it turns into something. And I do that sometimes, but I don't force it out. Mm-hmm. If I'm not feeling it, it's just not meant to be. And so after I published the book and finished the book, I had months where it was just nothing. No inspiration, no writing, just kind of, okay, well, when something comes, it'll come. And that's when my second book will start. And then one day I just started getting this like flood of creativity and like stuff started repeating in my head. And I was like, okay, this is the second book. Now it's time to start. And I just started writing it, handwriting it. And then I thought, I'm going to handwrite the entire second book. Everything's going to be handwritten. I mean, eventually I'll have to translate it over to computer, but I really wanted to do everything by hand for this book. And then what is the subject? Oh, God. It's still flushing out. But my first book, Flowers from Smoke, was very much about love and intimacy and relationships and... I don't consider it a sad book, but it dealt with sad topics. Mm-hmm. And this book, I think, is completely 180. It's a bit more confident, a bit more fun, playful, and still has that intimacy, that sensuality. What advice would you give young writers, people that are still in college or people that have graduated and they're trying to figure out they want to go into journalism, print journalism at that, or some type of digital media writing type of journalism. What steps or advice would you give them? I feel like that's, I feel like it's kind of like still giving myself advice because I still feel like I'm in those shoes. I still feel like the kid fresh out of college just trying to figure out. I would say write and give your writing to the world. That's what I feel like a lot of people don't do. Is so many people create and they don't release it or they don't mm-hmm. publish it. Or I know so many people just sitting on so many like books or documents or files or songs that they've created and they just won't release it because it's, it's not ready or it's not right or it's not perfect or it has to look like this or it has to be on this. And you, you got to get past that. Just put it out. Put it out to the world. I forgot who said it, but there's a quote some, along the lines of um, an artist's job is not to 
judge the work once it's released. Your job is to create it, hmm. and then what people think about it is none of your business. I've so that's never what heard I try that. and do. Yeah, that's what I try and do. I try and just write and just let it out, and that's probably the hardest part sometimes because mm-hmm. it's so personal. But I just let it out, and either it it sinks or swims. It hits who it needs to hit. I'll tell people who are interested in maybe writing journalism, blogging in Vegas. The media circle in Vegas is very small, mm-hmm. and you may think like, "Oh, I can't crack into it," or there are already so many writers. There really aren't. There, people are always constantly looking for new talent, new writers, all the time. A lot more than people probably think, and you have to put it out there. Like people are looking for you. You just you gotta make yourself seen. Be a little, and I, that's the lesson I had to teach myself. Be louder. If you feel like you're not being heard, if you feel like you're not being seen, you probably aren't. And it has nothing to do with your talent. You could be the most talented person in Vegas and what you do, but you have to put yourself in a position where people can see you and hear you. And how do you think people can do that? Social media? Do you think there's anything other than social media that they can use? You got to get in people's faces. Hmm. Knock on doors. Go direct. Um, You can't. That's something... (laughs) something I learned from my mom is that you have to be aggressive and I think nowadays especially our generation we're so afraid of being an opportunist you know no one wants to look like they're asking for something or that they're they're being you know sneaky or being an opportunist but there's nothing wrong with asking for what you want you have to ask for what you want you know, the worst thing people can say is no. And you kind of have to adapt that attitude that, well, if you're going to tell me no, you're going to say it to my face. You know, I'm not just going to send you this DM on Instagram. No, I'm going to call you. I'm going to email you a million, like not a million times, but. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> but keep knocking. Like you have to be hungry for work. You have to, you have to make yourself seen, like make sure people know who you are. Like, cause people will always say, it's not, you know, it's not always what you know, it's who you know. And I'm like, no, that's not true. It's who knows you. Because hmm. you can know someone and they cannot know you. So make sure they know you. Make yourself seen. You mentioned DMs and emails. I did. Yes. I guess nowadays the big thing to do is to DM someone, you know, instead of reaching out over email, I think we're so quick to send someone a DM on Twitter or Instagram because you don't have to worry about proper formatting or anything like that. Do you think that affects people's professionalism? Do you think it comes across as more casual when people are, you know, sending you content via DM? Or do you think it's just as as important as if it were sent over email? I think people people will treat it more casually and i i will tell people unless you are friends like true friends like you know you're that person's friend and and they know you're their friend even if you're dming them don't be casual um and if you're unsure of whether like if you've met this person a few times before and you're unsure like oh should i be you know super professional or should i just be a little casual because i've met them always go professional like you're never people are never gonna fault you for being professional but they will fault you for being too casual Mm -hmm. but i don't think there's anything it's i don't think there's anything wrong with dms because sometimes that's your only point of contact right but uh you gotta find it's not hard to find people's emails that's what i was gonna say yeah I mean, just ask. Just ask or 
you gotta be hungry for it google it go on linkedin or even something my mom taught me if you know the company that the person works for you know their name try a million different combinations of say they work for at sears try john at sears john willis at sears willis.john at sears email them all until you get a hit like that's how bad you have to want it like chase it you can't just have a dope record or a great book or a nice song and expect people to come to you you have to put it in their faces where can the people go to find you on social media and check out your upcoming book as well as flowers from smoke so you can find me on Instagram at Zani Tanil, Z-A-U-N-I-T-A-N-I-L, or you can just go to ZaniTanil.com, but mostly Instagram. And my email is on my website if you would like to email me. Well, Zani, thank you for stepping into the lowdown. I can't wait to finish Flowers from Smoke. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. 